Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Secure the Insecure, the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seifert, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. And a big thank you to you if you've been supporting the podcast. Thank you. At Secure the Insecure podcast on Instagram, at Johnny Seifert on Instagram is where you can find me. Thank you for your reviews. You put some amazing reviews in recently on there and on the Apple Podcast. If you haven't done it yet, give it a five-star rating and leave a review. It's really important that you spread the word, it's okay to not be okay. And someone who's done that so successfully, who said it's okay to not be okay, is my guest today. She's a dating coach. She was known for Stevska dating, but away from that, she's an author, a manifester, a mum, a mentor, a therapist, and a dear friend of mine. I'm delighted to welcome to Securian Secure the beautiful Nadia Essex. There was some research I saw the other week that said 88% of people who are on Hinge, the dating app, want to date someone who has been in therapy. And this started an amazing conversation about what does that mean? And what does it mean to be in therapy? And I said, well, okay, I'm not talking about being in a trauma. I'm just talking about self-development, being able to open up, having that depth to you because that's what's important to me that's one of my core values i want someone who's very open and can communicate some people want someone who's been in therapy as a counselor but then you could also be in therapy by seeing a teacher or by speaking to a friend or a mentor it doesn't matter who but i think the idea of therapy just stands for so much and i think yes there's a stigma to therapy being oh you're going into therapy but actually it's just a very normalized word that we should be using to talk about when we're just open to our feelings definitely and i love that i love that therapy no longer is thought about, certainly not my circle of friends, as something negative, something to be ashamed of, means that you're loony, means that you're, you know, mental, like people have a better understanding. And actually now it's celebrated because if you go to therapy, it's like, bravo, you're taking life, control of your life and your life in your hands. What a wonderful place to be. Like, what a great motivation and like you said i'd rather somebody be in therapy than be spending all the extra money they have self-medicating with drink and drugs that's it and i think we sometimes forget that self-medicating when it comes to drink and drugs is a self-medicating tool 
you know no one exactly. needs to drink like that i know that people say oh, i've just got home from a long day of work i need a glass of red wine i need that as my therapy but it shouldn't be like that i mean look admittedly i have a hot chocolate baileys on a friday night but <laughs> it is that idea that therapy is good because you are opening up and you want to be a better person i think there's a lot of value and kudos when it comes to wanting to be the better person now rather than just going well i'm going to have these traits and you've accept me for the way i am or go away you know it isn't like that anymore i agreed and and i'm i'm thankful for that because i think that's a good thing that shows human evolution and and it's you know what learning to be the best human being that you can be the most you know empathetic enlightened calm then loving human you know one life is great because you just when you're radiating that kind of energy everything's wonderful but then you attract wonderful people around you and and you know it just life just becomes easier when you're stuck in victim mentality and i know this because i was in victim mentality for many many years i was literally that person that was I'm not an optimist, I'm not a pessimist, I'm a realist. I like to think of the worst possible scenario and then I'll think of all the good things that can possibly happen as well, but I don't want to be upset if anything bad happens. And, you know, when you're just like, I look back at myself and I cringe because I used to actually, like, say that to people. I'm a realist. And I'm like, ew. Like, I'm a little bit sick in my mouth now because cringe. Yeah, but is it is it cringe? I mean, I know that we all like to yeah. see the perfect world and we like to see the ponies and the uh, rainbows and everyone's skipping along in the fields, you know, that classic picture and the unicorns. But at the same time, we all strive for perfection. You know, we're all looking for that perfect relationship, that person that's going to take us to all these amazing locations. You know, you're going to go to the Maldives. You're going to have an adventure. You're going to have these amazing highs and there's never going to be any problems in the world and your relationship is so stable, you're never going to argue. Isn't that still something that we're still seeking, though? Well, I don't know. I think if you are, then you're you're going to be severely disappointed because I'm not seeking that. Definitely not. I I don't want I don't want that anything far from that. I, I my version of perfect would be very different to your version of perfect. And there's a difference between being a realist and actually being you know just angry at the world and being a victim, and actually understanding that relationships take a lot of work if you put in a hundred percent you're likely to get a hundred percent back and if so you will have a successful relationship if you communicate and success doesn't mean butterflies and fairies every single minute of every single day success means that after a decade you're still in love with the person that's sitting opposite you on the dinner table and that's what I find really interesting because when you start dating someone, you're obviously thinking about yourself and you're thinking, right, is this working for me? And you don't really think about the other person because mm. you are you become very self-contained and you become quite selfish because you're like, well, this is about me. It's my thing. I'm the one who has to decide if I'm, I'm in a relationship or not. And then you're like, well, hold on. I've got to put the other person first, but at what detriment to you? And therefore you're creating this boundary, this invisible line of what you will accept and what's a bit too much for you even though if you had that other person maybe that relationship would have lasted a little bit longer but then you're detrimenting yourself to that at the beginning of a relationship it's completely acceptable to have a boundary where if the person is completely draining because they are going through a life change a trauma a mental health battle it's perfectly acceptable to say 
I'm out. Like you, of course, you don't. You're not invested in that person. There's no, you know, long-term strategy, and ultimately, you know, that person. If you've been on just a few dates with them, they need really to not be dating. They need to be going and healing whatever trauma or issue is going on in their life. But if your boyfriend and girlfriend, then you know, it, it is worth trying to suck it up. Um, but I think there was a famous quote by Will Smith once, and he said, him and Jada, it got to the point where it was her 40th, and he'd organised this massive birthday for her. I think he like, flew all her friends out to Vienna and was like, I'm going to blow her socks off. And she he did this whole surprise party for her friends, and she basically threw it all back in his face and was like, that was the most narcissistic display of self-indulgence, and I hate it. And after that, he kind of took time to reflect and was like, do you know what? And he said to Jada, you need to go away and make yourself happy because there's nothing I can do that can make you happy. So if you want this relationship to work, and I think you do because you say you do, but if you really want it to work, you're going to have to go away without me and go and find your happiness and prove to me that you can find it and you can be happy. And she did, and she went away and she found her happiness, and then they got back together again. But I found that was a really compelling thing. It's like you have to take personal responsibility for your own stuff. If you don't take responsibility, it's not no one else can fix it for you. You know, no, n- nobody's got a magic wand. So, yes, I believe, you know, people say oh, death, till death do us part, and it is definitely worth working on a relationship. But there comes a point when you have tried everything that you have to, like Will Smith, you go and fix you because I'm at the end. I can't fix you. I've tried, and I can't fix you. Now you have to go and do the work to fix yourself. And I just thought that was a really powerful message. Oh, a thousand percent. And if anyone's listening that wants to know more about that message and the story and everything about the Smith family, please, I urge you, go and check out Red Table Talk. It's where Jada sits down with her mum, Grammy, and Willow Smith, their daughter, and they have these really candid conversations about all these topics, about that mm-hmm. affects Willow, that affects Jada, that's Grammy. But then Will comes along and Will sits down with them and Will have these conversations with Jada. And he actually did. The reason I found that about Red Table Talk about a year ago was because it was when the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air had their reunion and he sat down with Janet, uh, who played his mum. And they obviously had a big falling out on the show and there was a recast. Mm-hmm. And she always blamed him and he always blamed her and they never got on. And they sat down and they spoke it through because a lot of the time you don't speak things through. You go, right, I'm, and I do this. I'm so guilty of this. And everyone who knows me personally will know. If you upset me, block straight away. Block, delete, out of sight, out mm. of mind. I don't want to see you looking at my Instagram story. I don't want to be able to see what you're doing. I don't want to see you happy. I don't want you to see me being happy. And straight mm. away I'm like, block, block, block. But Will is so amazing of just going, look, this is a situation. We've got mm-hmm. to communicate. We've got to speak it out. And actually sometimes... It isn't just about us, it's about you and that power of mm-hmm. focusing on you. And that's something that you're massive, and this is why I love you so much, Nadia, is that you focus on yourself so much and look at the place you are now to where you were three, four years ago. Yeah, it's, it's working really, really hard. I'm just extremely lucky. I am so grateful and I'm so lucky. Without, there isn't probably a day that goes by that I don't think how grateful I am. You know, I look at someone like 
Caroline Flack and I just resonated with her story you know running up to when you know with the whole dramas that she had with ITV and then the, the police and the court case and all that sort of stuff and it just it completely was I knew I know exactly how she was feeling because I'd been through that myself and I was just so lucky that I survived and she didn't and I can't even tell you why that was apart from me just being one of the lucky ones and her being one of the unlucky ones. Um, and so I'm extremely grateful. But it's years and years and years of therapy. It's years of reading self-help books. It's years of choosing to meditate and work on myself and, you know, step away from social media at times and focus on family and, and, and actually making choices that make me happy. And, and less learning to have less validation from others because I think that's what was really difficult is that when you're in the public eye it's, the validation from people is wonderful and harrowing in equal measure you know you've got people that oh, I love you you're so great you're amazing and then this in the same vein I hate you I wish you would die and it's, it's a really weird place to be when people that actually don't know you and have never met you have such strong feelings about you, good or bad. And I used to thrive off of that. The good things people used to say about me gave me endorphins and made me feel great. And the bad things that people used to say about me, I used to get very defensive and be like, you don't know me and you, you know, you shut up. You don't know what my life's like. Well, I was just very angry and defensive because it felt very unfair that these people thought that you know, they hated me and they didn't know me. And so I've had to really work hard over the last few years of making the conscious choice to not care. Good or bad, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many likes I get on a post. It doesn't matter how many people comment on my Instagram stories. It doesn't matter how many DMs I'm getting. It literally, none of it matters. And I have to stop seeking validation from other people and really focus on feeling validated in other ways, which means, you know, putting my phone down and looking up instead of looking down all the time on my phone. But then how do you separate being in the news to just being Nadia Essex, the home girl that's not the celebrity, that hasn't been on a big TV show, that, okay, whatever happened, happened, but I'm still a person, I'm still a friend, I'm still a daughter, I'm still a mother, and... You can't come between that. Yeah, I think it's just, I, I think just spending time with real people in real life and less time, you know, engaging with social media people that isn't real life. You know, when you spend time with real people, every Sunday I'd make sure that we would go for a roast dinner with my friends and we'd go and we'd sit down and, you know, there'd be no phones. We'd, you know, all, all of us, we'd share a bottle of wine, a good old-fashioned roast dinner. And it was the most wonderful way to spend a Sunday, you know, off social media, off scrolling, in real life, with your friends, eating good food, laughing. I enjoyed that. And so I just wanted more of that. So the less time I spent on my phone, the happier I was, for sure. And that's an amazing thing to do because you obviously everything that had happened, you had to refine your purpose again and where, work out, like you said, Caroline, like where you are in the world, what you're bringing to the world, what's the world bringing to you. So apart from the therapy, what were the emotions you went through to refine yourself? 
I, I think kind of surrendering was one of the biggest things. You know, there was a there was a period where the whole country absolutely hates you, and it that is not a very nice feeling. That you know you're getting tens of thousands of hate messages, death threats. You know, everyone's coming out the woodwork trying to tell stories about you about how, what a horrible person you are, and it's 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 a horrible place to be, especially when you know the public don't know all the facts. And it was the same in the Caroline case. You know, we didn't know we didn't know. We only knew what we were told, which was very very little. And there was lots of assumptions made about what has happened over that. And the same with me. People thought they knew. Oh, Nadia, oh, she's this internet troll, and it's like. But you don't understand that that's just a newspaper editing tweets to make it look like I'm trolling people. And actually, if they showed the conversation of that thread, they would see that I'm defending myself against people that are trolling me. That's what happens when people just see a clickbait headline or they just see something pop up. They're not looking in the investment and suddenly they've already got an opinion of you without even knowing who you really are. And you know, not even watching on TV. And I think to just take that a step further, if it's okay, is you look at what happened with Molly May when she did that interview of Stephen Bartlett on his podcast, Life of a CEO. Incredible, incredible hour and a half podcast. And I listened to it all and I made all these notes about it in December when I heard it. And then we saw what happened when that little clip went viral of just that. And we saw the way the media treated her, the way the media treated you, the way the media treated Caroline. And so Mm -hmm. suddenly you become a scapegoat. You're the scapegoat of the week. You know, last month it was Jimmy Carr after what he said about the Holocaust on his Netflix show. And we like to have a scapegoat. We like to have a person that we pick on and that becomes a story. And then, you know, the next show comes in and then the story doesn't really develop. But the next show wants to have their opinion on it. And then the next show and then a weekend show wants to have their opinion on it. And suddenly you've got a week of stories based on something that was so small, but it snowballed because everyone wants to put their two pence in. And, And it's all about the clicks, you know. And I've got some very good friends that are journalists. And so not all journalists are the same and not all media is the same. You know, there are some real integral journalists out there that have. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Dignity and class and research stories and, would you know, would never engage in writing something that was really spiteful, actually, and malicious. So they're not all the same. I just want to say that, first of all, because, you know, they do get a bad rap, a lot of journalists, because there are a few bad apples. I know that's cliche, but there really are a few bad apples out there that don't care about the truth. They just want the story. And it's very, very difficult because you can speak to your blue in the face. I mean, even with Caroline, I remember, you know, it was very much, as far as I was aware, didn't waver from the fact that she was innocent. But did anybody care? No. Did anybody write that really? No. All I saw was, like I say, stories come out from other people, exes, saying, you know, this, that and the other. You know, one of them put a, an NDA that she'd made him sign and stuff. And it was, it, it was a pylon. The Brits, and I suppose the same as the Americans, I don't know if any other countries are like this, but people like a bit of salacious gossip. But what they don't understand is that, you know, even with the Be Kind movement, there's still a lot of very unkind people out there. And if I had had the dramas with celebs debating now, after Caroline Flack, I would still be on that show. There is no way that what would have happened, there's no way that I would have been left in the lurch by Channel 4 and celebs debating and not had no duty of care, had no phone call to make sure I was okay. I was, I was hospitalised with sui- being suicidal. Nobody even called me. You know, this just it just wouldn't happen now. You know, they would know that I was struggling and they would be a lot more proactive in protecting me. And I would still be doing self-sedating because there's no way that I would have left because I would have felt supported. It would have been very different, but obviously it wasn't. And, you know, I'm happy I've been through a journey and this is my this is my journey, this is my life. And so I have to be grateful that, my life has happened the way it's happened. But it, if you just look at the the way, I know the way things were when my scandal happened and then how things are now, it just wouldn't happen. I have so much more support now, whereas before I got nothing, no support. There was no Be Kind movement. It didn't exist. Well, I want to talk about the Be Kind movement in a second because I've got a big problem with it. But first, if you could talk to yourself in that point of time now, what would you say to yourself to give you that just it's okay it doesn't matter what's happened it's a job at the end of the day yes it was a bit of tv yes it was a bit of fame yes none of you have checked in on me but for, my, for myself i need to be in a better place well i think we would if now i would never have got there because i would have insisted that i would have got support 
I would have insisted that I, you know, didn't get left in the lurch. I would have made sure that they would have been proactive in supporting me. Um, and I would have just, we never, it never would have even escalated to where it escalated. That's the thing. It never would have got to that stage because years and years ago when I had issues and I made complaints, I would have followed those through and made sure that those complaints and my mental health and how bad I was feeling way before the blow up of what happened and when I quit, years before that, I was complaining and struggling with my mental health and it wasn't taken seriously and no one cared. And now I would never be in that position. I would make sure that if I was having an issue, you're damn right, they would listen, they would take it seriously and there would be absolute changes that would be made. I'm a lot stronger now in not... Back then, I was like, you just put up and shut up, Nadia. Just shut up. And, you know, I'd go home and I'd just cry my eyes out because I was just so deeply unhappy. Whereas now I just would never let myself get in that situation. If I'm unhappy, I would vocalise it and be a lot more vocal and then make sure that they followed through because they had a duty of care to, to protect me because, you know, I'm under contract with them. So it wouldn't have even happened now because I'm obviously I'm a lot stronger and I've moved on and I've grown as a person. Um, but also society's moved on. And there's just no way that I would have been dropped and thrown under a bus with no protection, no phone calls, no duty of care, no aftercare at all, nothing, and just been left in the lurch completely. That, that's what I'm in there. I don't want to go too much into it because, uh, you know, I, I love you and I don't want to, and I, I want to protect you. You know, I don't want you to say something, <laughs> you know. Um, but I want to talk about the Be Kind movement, which you mentioned, because what's very interesting is that everyone came out and said, Be Kind, hashtag Be Kind, hashtag Be Kind, and everyone posted on their Instagrams and everyone posted on their Twitters, and everyone's got in their bios, <laughs> and you're like, okay. You're all saying be kind. You're going to give everyone a chance now. And straight away, what happened was you went, ah, oh, hashtag be kind. And then you'd still go and troll people. Or you'd say hashtag be kind and you wouldn't give someone a chance. And I'm like, a, a simple thing such as an apology. You know, we all make mistakes all the time. And so you apologise for something and you get blocked. Or you apologise for something and you don't get the reaction that you expect. And you're like, well, hold on a minute. You've just said hashtag be kind, i.e. You've just said you're standing up to give everyone a chance. But you're not. So you're doing the exact same thing that happened before the movement. And so we had this big movement. I was like, well, what's the point of the movement? Because what you're trying to say you're doing, you're actually doing the polar opposite. Yeah, I think the Be Kind movement was, you know, in theory, great. But in reality, I don't know if it's made that much of a difference. I think people, people that are unhappy in themselves are always going to be unhappy in themselves in the way that they manifest that by trolling on social media. You know, trolls are going to be trolls and if you're the only people that troll are people that are unhappy with themselves because if you're happy in yourself you just would never dream of saying anything negative if you're happy within yourself you would never dream of saying anything negative about a stranger online you just it just wouldn't happen and i do find that the be kind movement i like the idea of it i do uh, yeah i definitely think that it kind of fell on deaf ears for a lot of people and I think people are still trying to proclaim these things. Obviously, we've had other movements since then. And I think there's a lot of bandwagoning. There's a lot of, oh, I'll be part of this because it's on social media. And you join it or you change your avatar or whatever you do. And I'm like, when are we going to learn that these viral campaigns, they might have had the good intentions to begin with, but also what happens is those intentions yeah. start somewhere. Then you get the person who's organised it who becomes, a in their head, a celebrity to themselves. And so suddenly you've lost the essence of it because 
it's now very prolific and it's very open about who started that campaign and then you're like well hold on a minute okay you start this campaign why don't you see the campaign through rather than saying right you're gonna be the next person on serve to big brother next year there's just a lot of hypocrisy <laughs> i think there's a lot of hypocrisy especially with people online i think character culture is is awful <laughs> having an opinion and then taking it personal or across the line to be offensive you know there, there has to be a, a line drawn and i just think social media companies have so much more to do and to answer for because there is you know i've got a, a transgender friend on twitter india and she gets the most horrible horrible tweets daily about her transphobic horrible things said about her you know twitter don't do anything about it they could easily have a platform you know people go oh, freedom of speech well you're not actually speaking you're typing and so Twitter could quite easily say, we're not a freedom of speech platform. You don't have to be a freedom of speech platform. There are certain words that as soon as they flag up, the algorithm removes the tweet straight away. That's doable. And but I don't understand why that's not happening. That's it. And it really upsets me that you still can't delete certain phrases. We know, obviously, it says... And also, it's like on Twitter, for example, it says uh, you've got the replies and then you've got the replies that you don't want to see and they'll tell you mm. uh do you want to see these ones and you're like well i'm gonna have to look because now you've told me it's there it's like a daily mail you don't not look at the <laughs> comment section if it's about you but you can't mm. help it it's natural instinct and so you're like well if you didn't tell me then i wouldn't look you know and people are people are oh just ignore the trolls just just block and it's like don't you realize that i have to read the dm telling me to go kill myself before i have the opportunity to be able to block like and even if I only read the first few words and realise that it's a trolling message, it still it still penetrates a little bit. Even if it's a millimetre, you know, you do that 10,000 times over and it's, it's deep in your core. And, and, you know, people need to... It's so easy to just ignore them, just block them. I'd love to. You know, it's great. And I do block... The block button is my very, very, very best friend. But the point is people need to remember, you have to partially at least read the nastiness to know if it's a nice or a nasty message to be able to block and it's you know otherwise you'd just be blocking everybody and actually the, the good usually outweighs the hate but social media yeah they could easily easily you know they've got algorithms for days and bots working on it behind the scenes these are billion billion pound companies they could easily make it a safer nicer place to be but they just choose not to. Oh, completely agree. And you know, personally, when I got trolled in December, how horrific it was, and that was the first experience I had on it. And you're like, do you guys understand what you're saying to me? And then you get people who just want to jump on the bandwagon. And I remember there was one person who uh, has been in the media and we've never directly spoken, but they're very aware of me and I'm very aware of them and our paths cross a lot. And I'm like, why would you put your two pence in that? You know, there is no point you put your two pence in because actually that's worse. You're making a little quip than everyone else who's trolling who I've got no idea who they are. But that's trolls for you. So, look, yeah. let's bring this together. Um, obviously, we, 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 I'm a showbiz journalist, you know that. I've got to ask about Sam's Go Dating. Are you watching this series? No, I don't. I literally have never watched Sam's Go Dating since I left. I just, yeah, it's just not something that I, it's too, it's too tough. It's too hard. You know, it would literally be like 
watching somebody do your dream job. It's like I never wanted to leave. I felt like I had to, but I didn't want to. And I still have the fondest of memories. And I miss Paul and I miss Tom. And I loved working on that show. And so to watch it now would just be heartbreaking. So no, I don't watch it. Well, it's not <laughs> like your time on the show. I, I'm, uh, I'm the biggest, as you know, Celebs Go Dating fan. And 10 series later, I'll just tell you that there are no deep dives anymore. There's no in-depth therapy. It is very much, here's a celeb, this is who your next date is. Celeb goes on a date, here's all the dates in long form now. Rather than when you were on it, it was the most amazing educational talks I would watch. And I'd go, right, I need to be dating now. I need to practice putting my belly button to someone. I need to practice mm-hmm. speaking. I need to practice all these things. And we just don't have that anymore on the show. So it's massively changed since you left. Yeah, I mean, that does sound... I definitely... When we were doing it, I know for a fact that, you know, every day it'd be like, right, what is a call to action you can do for people today? What's a teaching moment? What can you tell people about this situation that people can go home and learn? And so we'd constantly be thinking about the day and where we can sort of impart wisdom and knowledge into the viewers at home that can help them become a better data. It was very, it was very that that way focused and I think that's why like Eden and I took it so seriously because we really were invested in helping people and we really wanted to help not just the celebs in the agency but people at home be better daters and we were both like proper in it together like yes we're going to do this we're going to change the world and we're going to help people genuinely find love and I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't know now. And I know, I love Paul. I know, I've met Anna a few times. She's amazing. And obviously I'm obsessed with Tom. He's amazing. But, but I don't know what the brief is now because I don't watch it and I'm not sure. But when I was on it, it was very, very much like, we, you know, we thought we were doing like a public service. <laughs> no, you were. You were. So, there, so then obviously everything happened with you. Where are you now in the TV world? And... Is there a space for you to go back onto TV doing your dating thing on another channel? I would love to. Um, I definitely am kind of putting the feelers out there. I'm not quite sure. I still think there is, unfortunately, um, a bit of a dark cloud over my name in terms of telly. Um, Media, press, radio, not a problem. But actual television, I still, I just get a vibe that it's people are still a bit like, mm. um, but all I can do is just, you know, keep plodding along, keep going to meetings, keep showing up, keep proving to people that, you know, I'm not what they perceive me to be. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, do something of value on a larger scale. You know, I'm still doing my, my dating coaching, still doing relationship advice and doing that through my website. That, that, that's never changed. That's always going on behind the scenes. But I did enjoy the fact that, like you say, we really did think we were helping people outside. And most people that would come up to us outside of the show would say, you know, I tried this technique and it worked, or I loved when you, you know, did this bit of advice. And that, that was really the, the fun part for me of like, okay, people are listening and trying some of the techniques that we're giving them and they're working i mean we knew they worked but it's nice to hear that from the public so i'm hoping that you know we're now in a brand new year you know fresh start and yeah i'm definitely i've got some meetings coming up this year and all i can do is hope that you know like i say that we can make something happen because 
I don't, I mean, like I said, I don't watch celebrity dating, but I don't know really of any good dating shows that are on telly apart from Married at First Sight. Mm. But apart from that, like, I, I watched a bit of, like, Too Hot to Handle. I'm far too old. It, it's just, it's not for me. It's, like, very cringe. They've got the new Celebrity X on the beach, which, again, I might watch an episode or two just to see what the crack is, but I'm going to be way too old for it. You know, it's X on the beach, let's be honest. I'm 40. They've had a couple of ITV shows that are about spotting the fake data or something or the fake single. I didn't uh, like the concept, and that was a bit weird. The cabins, I thought, was a non-starter. I just didn't... I thought that was a bit... I don't. I watched a couple of that and didn't think. You know, there's nothing. And again, I want to watch something that is almost edu- has an educational vibe to it, or at least like Love Is Blind, which I'm obsessed with, a psychological side to it. Oh, completely. I completely agree with you. Uh, really quickly, Nadia, in 30 seconds, are you happy? Absolutely. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Nadia Essex, oh, I absolutely love her. I could talk to her for another hour, but look, that's just me indulging in getting free therapy on a podcast, and that's kind of abusing my position. You've been listening to Security and Security with me, Johnny Seafood. If you like what you heard, please do go and rate the podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave it a review. It's really important that you spread the word it's okay to not be okay. And a massive thanks to Nadia for being so candid and honest. Nadia is one of my dear friends, and why I love her and why I speak to her so often is because we can be honest with each other. She can tell me when I'm in the wrong and she can tell me when I'm in the right. And I think it's really important to surround yourself with friends who can do the exact same. So thank you for listening to Securian Score. There are plenty more friends on other episodes. Go and check out. There's over 120 episodes. Go and check them all out because there's so many educational tools there for you. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Johnny Seifer. Until next time, thank you and goodbye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 